Good morning, it's Tuesday, April the 7th. We're reading through the Old Testament. We've gotten to the very end of Judges and we'll also be reading in Luke chapter 11, the first half of the chapter. But let's start talking and thinking about our reading as we begin in Judges chapters 20 and 21. That's the last two chapters, as I said. We see the wars with Gibeah, which again, if you're really following carefully in your Bible reading, Gibeah is a pretty common place. It's a name because in Hebrew it just means hill. So there's a lot of places you'll find in the Bible. But the one that's famous here is in Benjamin. And Benjamin is the tribe that uh, Saul was from. Remember, uh, Gibeah, Benjamin, um, sometimes it's called Gibeah of Saul, where Benjamin was uh, uh, that tribe that gets uh, almost decimated in this passage. Uh, it's unrepentant. Benjamin is. They go to war with the rest of Israel. Israel is almost completely wiping them out. Then they have to recognize, wow, what have we done? And they go back and try to uh, kind of revive that tribe. And anyway, we read about all that drama in this uh, last two chapters, this section of Judges. And then it ends with that statement again, and we've seen it. It's repeated now in the very last verse, chapter 21, verse uh, 25, chapters 21, verse 25, chapter 21, verse 25, it says, uh, and there was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. That is a statement of the shepherdless, sheep without a shepherd kind of uh, moral insanity of Israel during this 335-year period. But it's coming to an end. We're going to transition into 1 Samuel. Samuel's the last judge, becomes this very powerful prophet, and we'll talk more about that tomorrow. But our New Testament reading is in Luke chapter 11, which is a great section of the Bible where the Lord is teaching His disciples to pray. We call it the Lord's Prayer, but it's really not uh, the Lord praying to His Father like we see in John 17. This is Him teaching His disciples how to pray, giving us a template, not a set of words to recite, though the church has done that, and sometimes it's been helpful. But uh, that's not the point. The point of this template is to teach us the elements of prayer and to get us to pray. And I hope that in this period of time that you are committing yourself more to prayer. I know in my own heart, my own life, it's been one of my resolves. And sadly, you know, like so many of us in our good intentions in praying, there's so many things, as John Chrysostom said back in, what, the fourth century, that whenever we seek to pray, Satan presses so heavily upon us because he knows how good, uh, how powerful and, and effective a good prayer is. And so we know that we're going to fight a battle for prayer. So let, let's use this template in Luke 11 as you move from Bible reading to prayer time to kind of guide your praying this morning. Um, Jesus called the prince of demons a terrible blasphemy in this passage. Uh, before we get out of it, Jesus is calling attention to his real family. I should say not just your biological connections that are the most important, though they are important in Scripture. Uh, what's really important is the fact uh, he says, my mother, my brothers are those who know the word of God and do it. So there's some great things here in this text, and I want you to read it carefully and slowly because there's so much here in Luke 11. Our uh, one another for the day, for the morning, that I hope carries throughout the day, is found in 1 Corinthians 11. And this is an interesting one because it seems so contextual, uh, but let me read it for you. It's about the Corinthians coming together for the Lord's Supper which they had made into what they called in the early church the love feast. It was a bit of a potluck, but here is the command to them. It says, So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. Now think about that. Wait for one another. And the next verse, verse 34, says, If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that when you come together, it may not be for judgment. God's not, getting, not, God's not happy. He's getting mad with them in this context of them coming together for these potlucks. Not because they're potlucks, but because the way that they are selfishly going about putting their own interests before the other people. And contextually, we recognize there's divisions and factions within the church in Corinth, and they are uh, 
um, kind of rallying around their own demographic or their own leaders. I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos. Uh, these were the kinds of things happening in Corinth. And so when they came together to eat, it was as though those who had food, as he says in this context, were feasting while they weren't even sharing with those that didn't have food, that didn't have the means to eat at these feasts. It was just a mess. And so he says, wait for one another. Now, to apply this in our lives, there are so many ways that we can think about the fact that we have to think past our own interests to care for other people. And waiting is a, it's a denial of ourselves. It's, it's holding back on something that we want or want to do. And this is a good reminder for us when we think about the ways that we need to refrain from exercising our rights or refrain from doing things that we could do because we care about other people. And even Paul says, change your plans if you have to. Eat at home before you come to church to do the Lord's Supper. You're, you're making this into something that it's not supposed to be. So changing plans, changing schedules, refraining from what you could do, the liberties that you could exercise to care for other people. So I want you to think about how, how can you wait for one another, which doesn't mean uh, you know, just this particular specific context, but how can you set aside some of the things that you may feel the right that you have to do and things that you want to do, and you say, because of my love for other people in the church, I'm going to refrain. How, how can I refrain from something for the love and the good and the building up of someone else in the church? Now, that's a hard one, and I asked you yesterday to think about putting a comment on this video. It might be a good one for us to think about how have we, in our Christian lives, refrained from something, and we know that that's the right thing to do for the good of other people. How have some things in my life maybe even been a stumbling block for someone else because I just went ahead and did what I wanted to do? So maybe there's something for us to discuss in the comments below, but the most important thing is that you're reading the Word of God. Uh, we get into 1 Samuel tomorrow and a great section here in the rest of the Gospel of Luke, and I hope you're enjoying this reading and this prompting to get into the Word, and we'll see you back here tomorrow as we continue our reading of God's Word. Thank you.